It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. My name is Damon Jensen-Heitman, one of the pastors of First Presbyterian Church, Hastings, Nebraska, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And I had to make notes before we started, Greg, uh, because in theory, our audience has uh, widened significantly. Tell me about that, Damon. <laughs> I feel as though last time we were together, we had somewhere around 53 subscribers. Yes. Currently, I think I, it was like 120. Yes. I promised you I would make this happen, <laughs> and I did in less than a week. So if you want to, at some point in the future, you can let me know if any if anybody else is actually watching these things or not. Well, I, I'll, share, I'll, I'll share my secret for how I got more subscribers for our YouTube channel. I did not buy subscribers, which is actually something you can do, I, which I didn't know. Um, no, there's a, I'm a member of a pastor's group on Facebook. And when your uh, when your YouTube account hits a certain threshold, then you can get a, a personalized uh, website address for your YouTube account. And so uh, I and other pastors have done this in this pandemic area time to try to get a personalized address. And so I just put it out to them and I said, "Hey, would you all mind subscribing to our YouTube channel so we can break the 100 threshold in order to get our personalized URL?" Uh, but through that process. I also made other pastors aware of our podcast because I said, while you're there subscribing, check out the Monday check-in, a lectionary-based podcast that the associate pastor and I do. (laughs) And um, I had really positive response from a number of solo pastors who don't have the blessing of having an associate pastor in the office right next to them to discuss scripture with. Right across Um, this wall, right? Yeah. That that wall right over there. And so the, the very thing that I thought our podcast could do, which would be provide some uh, food for thought for solo pastors who don't have the blessing of uh, amazing colleagues. It it worked. It is. And so maybe some of them are going to be listening to us this week. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's certainly been, you know, food for thought for us over the last couple of years. I think it's been food for thought for some of the members and friends of First Prez. And if there's others out there who would like to feast upon our brains, uh, then (laughs) they're welcome to do so. I I hope that wasn't a zombie reference. (laughs) So what we're going to do here is um, we're going to take a look at the scripture or some of the, some of the scripture at least that, that at least we're going to use here at First Prez uh, for the upcoming service typically that is a lectionary based scripture reading and so we'll have a little bit of chat about it uh, consider maybe some of the questions um, that we find that we have of the text maybe some of the questions that we think maybe the text has of us and and then those sorts of things have a little little kind of bible chat about it and then following that we switch gears to talk a little bit about the life of the church at first prez so uh, so if folks uh, want to tune out after that then then that's fine as well so if they want to tune out right now that's fine i'll never know so uh, we start with an opening prayer um greg your turn i think so all right let's uh let's pray 
Gracious God, we, we thank you. This morning, I'm particularly thankful for the youth of our church and for their thoughtfulness and the leadership that they provided for worship last week. We thank you for uh, the way that they brought the story in the Gospel of Luke to life and, and how they brought our faith to life uh, and asked us important questions that we wrestled with. We pray, Lord, that we continue with that spirit, that that spirit enters into our conversation today and in our study of your holy word as we continue to read these stories in the Gospel of Luke of Jesus' earthly ministry. May these stories uh, find points of intersection. May they find ways to resonate with our own life, our own faith. And may we feel uh, challenged and called and uh, moved by these scriptures to become more faithful followers of you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we have, uh, we continue to be in the season of Epiphany. We are continuing along in the Luke narrative, the Luke gospel narrative. We jump over a little bit of text from last week to this week. Last week we had um, Jesus in the boat and the calling of at least three of the disciples through the name to disciples, I suppose. And, and this week we jump a little bit further ahead in Jesus' time with them and, and his ministry with them. So uh, we pick up in Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. It reads something like this. Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people, all from Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. And all in the crowd were trying to touch him, for power came out from him and healed all of them. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they ex exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's how, maybe we should write it out in the bulletin this week as a, as a question. <laughs> the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Question. Thanks word. be to God. Woe mm. <laughs> to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. That's um. Mm -hmm. I mean, I rejoice in positive feedback about uh, the leadership of the church, but if uh, if it's woe to me for people speaking well of me, I gotta I gotta be careful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a there's a real. I think one of the fundamental questions of this passage is who is this for? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and like, and which in this list of people, which one am I really? 
Um, <laughs> and and if I'm and I'm and if I'm really being honest, I'm 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 one of the ones really that's uh, a word of being woed. Yes. <laughs> Not <laughs> wooed, woed. Yeah. To whom to whom a word of woe is spoken. Indeed. Indeed. You know? So a couple of interesting things. One total aside, but uh the coast of Tyre and Sidon uh is is southern Lebanon, and I've actually eaten fried fish in the, the town of Tyre on the coast there. And so this would be a region that's uh north west of the Sea of Galilee. And so he's gathering his disciples and he's got people from Judea, Jerusalem, which is south of Galilee, and then the coast of Tyre and Sidon, which is north and west of Galilee. And there this is all sort of taking place. And then we're we have what's called what's often called the Sermon on the Plain. We're more familiar with the Sermon on the Mount in the Gospel of Matthew. And this is called the Sermon on the Plain from the Gospel of Luke. And there are contrasts for us to read about. Um, the Sermon on the Mount uh, is uh, it spiritualizes some of these things and the Sermon on the Plain uh, kind of makes them very real and practical. Um, and it's an interesting contrast and it's not uncommon to see that contrast between the Gospels of Luke and Matthew. Uh, Matthew tends to spiritualize things more and Luke is more of the sort of, we'll call it the, the down and dirty gospel in terms of uh, just getting into the, the meat of the narrative and getting into the um, some of the hard hitting words of Jesus, right? Yeah, isn't Luke, Luke is also the gospel that has the story of the rich man and Lazarus. It is. I think, which is another um, one of these stories that uh, can be, it's it's tough to read or it can be tough to read, I guess, depending on your social location and position, right? Um, that this, uh, I guess a brief synopsis, there's a rich man and like outside of his gate, outside of his house, there's a poor man whose name we know. His name is Lazarus, not that Lazarus, other Lazarus, uh, who uh, suffers from some sort of a disease and um, the dogs lick his sores, I think is one of the details um, in the story. And uh, Lazarus dies and is taken up to be with the prophet uh, Abraham, I think. And the poor, the rich man dies and it doesn't go well for the rich man. Uh, he dies and goes to hell or to the place of the dead. Uh, and he and he sees he looks across the divide and he sees Lazarus, and and he begs for a messenger from heaven to go and talk to his family. Uh, it's like it's kind of Dickens. It's kind of it's a little Christmas Carol kind of a feel to it. Um, and say like you got to warn these people that this is what's going to happen if the, <laughs> if they don't learn from my mistakes. Uh, and the message that comes back is essentially like they have the prophets to tell them these things. If they're not going to listen to them, then it's uh, too bad. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, like the rich man. Thing, you had those prophets too. Right. Rich man, yeah. Right. And you chose not to yeah. follow them. Yeah. That in the life that was you, you received your consolation. You lived a good and a, and a fine life. Um, and now Lazarus will receive his. Yeah. <laughs> it's just tough. And and certainly, I mean, very consistent with the Lukean gospel, right? When we get to verses 24 and 25 and 26 on here, um, 
Yeah, it, Jesus has some hard words to hear, and that's actually uh, currently the theme of my sermon is is hearing hard words. Um, sometimes we don't like to be told difficult things or be challenged, and uh, Jesus is certainly challenging his listeners with these words. and And Damon, I think you hit the nail on the head. We we got to figure out uh, who is, who is he speaking to and where do we fit into these lists of blessings and woes and what does that mean for us and how we live out our faith and how we approach our family and our community and our world. Yeah. And it draws this really sharp contrast, right? Between this uh, godly perspective, uh, a kingdom or a kingdom perspective and, um, a worldly perspective or you know, that um who is it that is who is it that is that is blessed uh and who is it that is of um importance or is noteworthy i suppose as well it draws a really sharp contrast between uh how the how the world oftentimes wants to work as as how human beings oftentimes want to work uh and the perspective of god yeah yeah and and the the contrast again there with matthew so here in luke we have blessed are you who are poor for yours is the kingdom of god and matthew says blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of god and then we have blessed here in luke blessed are you who are hungry now there's even an an, an immediacy blessed of you who are hungry now for you will be filled and, and matthew softens that Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so it's not an it's not an either or; it's a both and. But um, Jesus clearly had a particular message when he spoke this sermon on the plain that was a little distinctive from the message that he spoke when he spoke the sermon on the mount. Yeah, it also it seems so. The disciples are still pretty fresh <laughs> on this on this journey, right? Uh, and yeah, in chapter five, the, Jesus starts to call the disciples in the Gospel of Luke. And I looked at the passage that come in between where we left off last week and what starts this week, and it's a lot of like controversy stories. Mm -hmm. um, so there's the story of uh, I took some notes. Uh, there's the man that um, I, th I think they end up the guy that they end up lowering through the roof uh, because he can't walk. And Jesus heals him. And there's a controversy there because Jesus uh, claims to be able to forgive sins as part of that story. And Pope's like, hey, now, come on. <laughs> Who are you to say that you can forgive sins? And then there's well, there's, the, there's also yeah, like go ahead. controversy or contrast with his disciples there who are trying to keep that man out. Right. Or is yeah. it is it they can they just not get in because it's too crowded or are they actually they, physically kept out? I think they just I think it was just too crowded. Okay. Uh, so that's one of the few times that the disciples didn't make the mistake of trying to keep people out, but it was the crowds that kept people out. Yeah, they were trying to bring him in and lay him before Jesus, but finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd. Okay. They went up on the roof and let him down. Um, part of this is also the story of, um, yeah, but then, the, then he goes and eats with Levi, 
the tax collector and you know, why is he eating with sinners? Uh, there's, there's this controversy of um, Jesus' disciples eat and drink. Uh, John's disciples didn't eat and drink. And why? Why do you? And then they go and they pluck grains from the field. And so there's questions about what work on the Sabbath. And so like this little bit comes at the tail end of a whole host of controversies, Jesus. Edgy teaching, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And depending on your perspective, uh, violating the law or, um, you know, proclaiming this, I guess what he set out, what he said was his mission in, in the opening chapters, but. Right, and from Luke 4. Um, but but it's interesting because he's, he's got a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people. And, and again, geographically, he's starting to draw people from more than just the region around the Sea of Galilee. Um, and so he's got quite a following here. So despite these controversies or perhaps because of these controversies, he's got folks who are following him around and listening to him um, and trying to touch him. They see his, this healing power that he has. Um, my... Uh, my New Testament professor, Louis Donaldson, loved to talk about how the, the kingdom of God just kind of sloughed off of Jesus, like everywhere he went. And there was so much kingdom of Godness around Jesus that people would just need to touch him, touch the hem of his robes, as we read about one story, in order to, to, to feel and, 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 and be moved by that kingdom of God. Um, and I'd like that image that it's just, it's radiating off of him. And even though he's doing these controversial things and, and challenging people, challenging people with power, they're still wanting to listen to him and follow him, right? Yeah, that, that's, an, it's, that's an interesting image, isn't it? That he, he couldn't hold it in even if he wanted to, right? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and, and I think there's something that here, you know, Jesus, he's with all the crowd, he's interacting with the crowd, and then he looks at his disciples and he says, like, this does not get easier, essentially. I think is like, you know, I just this does not get easier. This is this is the path. People will hate you because it, like they will revile you, they will defame you on on my account. And so <laughs> you you're kind of in or out. Like, I think Luke has that that feel of you, you're kind of in or out on this. Yeah. Yeah, there are some fun uh, memes, uh, internet images of Jesus teaching uh, the Sermon on the Mount or the Sermon on the Plain, where, you know, he's like, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. And somebody like types up like, do we even have to love this guy? And Jesus is like, yeah, even this guy. Mm -hmm. And then you see that guy like cheer. Ha ha, you have to love me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's. It's not easy. Uh, these are not easy words to hear. And I'm sure that they fell on ears that were not excited about hearing them. Yeah. And it's not easy to, to operate contrary to, it's not easy to operate contrary to any sort of a norm, right? Like no matter what your setting is. And if, and if the norm is, you know, bank accounts is really what matters. Uh, it's not easy to operate contrary to that, right? And and if the norm is, uh, you know, there are cool kids and there are not cool kids, it's not an easy. It's not necessarily easy to operate 
contrary to that norm, right? To, to the norm of, well, no, we love everyone. There aren't, there aren't cool kids and not cool kids. There's just kids. Right. Uh, and the same with adults. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, it's hard to swim against the stream, no matter what yeah. the stream is. And I'd look too at these, these statements that Jesus is making. Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. And I, blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. And I, and I wonder, I, I see um, perhaps a, a, a call to us that, that we were invited to be co-workers with God uh, to ensure that these blessings are fulfilled, right? So if, if we're not poor, then our job is to ensure that the poor do indeed experience the kingdom of God. If we're not hungry now, our job is indeed to ensure that those who are hungry now will be filled. If we're not weeping now, if life is easy for us now, then our job is to work with God to ensure that those who are weeping will find a space to laugh again, right? Um, yeah, <laughs> that'll preach, Greg. <laughs> well, that's that's kind of the direction that this one's going for me right now. Yeah. Um, and I just, I, I feel really compelled that that's, that's, that's kind of, um, we have a role in this. Uh, and and that, that's kind of what, what Jesus is saying to his disciples all along the way. Like these are, this is what the kingdom looks like. And you all are kingdom builders, right? And it's never going to be the completion of the kingdom of God. But that doesn't mean we don't keep taking steps towards the kingdom of God every chance we get. And we keep trying to recreate or create these environments where the kingdom of God can manifest itself here on earth for those who are suffering or marginalized or you know so yeah that ties in sort of uh, i have a note here that says jesus doesn't solve problems he creates them oh <laughs> that'll preach too damon <laughs> yeah yeah i think you know and this ties in with what you're saying right that uh, there's this I think sometimes it's it's easy to come to not easy, but we come to faith from with this sort of idea that um, I, I go to church and somehow things are going to be better for me, and and maybe they will be, you know, um, because I I need some sort of source of peace in my life or whatever the case may be, right? Uh, and I think we do find that sort of contentment or you know the the joy of being loved and of being known by God, right? And also this, this challenge to, okay, and now, <laughs> okay, you've been filled. And, um, <laughs> um, yeah, so this, this idea that, um, yeah, Jesus doesn't solve problems, he creates them. Yeah, there's, um, there's a phrase that I use with some frequency that Jesus came to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable, right? Mm -hmm. And um, there are different times in our different seasons in our lives where we are the afflicted in need of comforting. And there are seasons in our lives where we are the comfortable in need of afflicting. And the Sermon on the Plain here, I think, uh, leans into the afflicting the comfortable as 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 it leans into comforting the afflicted but this is kind of a perfect summation of that 
Jesus is creating problems for those who are comfortable and inviting them to be help solve problems for those who are afflicted. Right. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's challenge. It's challenging stuff. Yeah. Or at least asking us to see the problem that exists. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's um, one of the stories that, that also falls in between these that I, that I really like. Um, there's, I think he's just described as being a lame man um, approaches Jesus. And he says to Jesus, um, Jesus, if you choose, you can make me whole or heal me or something like that. And I, I, I have always been drawn by his kind of the audacity of the, it's of the, he's almost correcting Jesus in some way. Like the, if you choose, right? <laughs> if you choose, you can see me and you can do something about this. Right? Um, and Jesus does choose to do that and and does you know like so there's also part of like part of this is I think about asking us to to recognize the problem, like to recognize that there are hungry people and that there are poor people and that there are those who are marginalized and ostracized and those who are weeping and those who mourn, right? And and if you choose, you can see that and you can and you can do something about it, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. yeah there's a there's a call to opening our eyes right to the pain and the suffering of the world mm-hmm. um and uh that's that's the proclamation that jesus gives when he opens his ministry in luke right reads from the scroll of the prophet isaiah i have come to bring good news to the poor to preach release to the captives recovery of sight to the blind and so that Jesus is declaring that's what his ministry is going to be about. And then he tells us that that's what our ministry, if we're going to choose to follow him is about, but to preach good news to the poor, you've got to recognize the poor among us, whether yeah, it's that's poor, it. poor in material resources or poor spiritually or whatever that looks like. Um, yeah. And if we don't, that's where we get the woes, right? The list of woes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to you which also yeah. always reminds me of uh, the prophet amos uh, and it's he's got some woes in there uh yes. woe to those who lay on beds of ivory and lounge on couches while they're uh while their neighbors are destroyed or, or something along those lines but yeah amos didn't miss, mince his words either on this did he <laughs> nope nope yeah yeah, interesting. Okay, you think it'll you think it'll preach? I I think it'll preach. Um, it's 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 a challenging one, uh, but I think we're uh, we're ready for this. We're we're ready to be challenged. Although I'll I'll tell you that I think the youth did such a great job this last Sunday, challenging us to learn to trust God, um, which is itself a challenge, right? Um, and so uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the congregation is primed and ready, thanks to the youth's great work on Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, a challenge to figure out what, and even just to have, like, what does that mean to trust in God? You know, it's such a uh, subtly huge concept. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Words we utter that come out of our lips regularly, but when we really start to dig into it, 
and I thought I thought the youth did a great job of of thinking of scenarios where where that tension exists and how do we seek to resolve that tension. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, uh, and I like that they left stuff open ended. <laughs> like there was no real conclusion. There was no oh and look everything was fine, um, kind of moment. So which I liked. Yeah. So. Uh, okay, this will preach, it seems like, uh, it seems like whatever happened last week also preached. And uh, should we switch gears? Let's do that. Let's talk about uh, what's going on in the life of our church. Um, so this coming Sunday, February 13th, uh, we will have our uh, contemplative Taze style of worship service at 830, uh, which also includes communion each week. And then in our 1030 service, uh, we are going to be blessed with the presence of the Hastings College Handbell Choir, so you don't want to miss that. Um, and also, we're going to be uh, ordaining and installing our new church officers. And this is a big deal in our Presbyterian Church, because these are the folks that are the elected leaders of the church. Uh, Damon and I both have a particular role as uh, pastors at this church. Um, but ultimately, this is your church, and you all elect leaders, and those leaders lead you through uh, ministries of uh, maintaining uh, our, our building and our budget, um, and also setting policy for the church, and also ministries of compassion and caring, which the deacons do. And so uh, that's going to be a great uh, Sunday as we ordain and install a new group of church officers uh, to help lead our church into the future for the next three years. Once you're an elder, you're an elder. It's like a lifetime appointment. Correct. Whether or not you're actively serving on session, is that right? Correct. Once an elder, always an elder. And so folks who are coming back on session who have been elders in the past uh, are installed. They're reinstalled as current elders serving on session, but they're not reordained. Uh, but we actually have everybody recite the ordination vows of what it means to be a Presbyterian leader because it's not, it's a good reminder, even for those who have already been, uh, been ordained and installed. So, you know, any pastors who have been reordained? So every time a Presbyterian pastor starts a new call at a new church, they are uh, installed at installed. the church and they do recite their ordination vows each time you're installed. Okay. So this church, um, you all called me and I started in March of 2017, and in May we did an installation service. And as part of that installation service, um, I repeated my ordination vows. Gotcha. My favorite of which, I just want to say, and we'll we'll have you'll hear this on Sunday as well, is: Do you promise to serve the church with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love? Hmm. Um, and I just uh, that's so uniquely Presbyterian that we promise as church leaders to serve with energy, intelligence, imagination, and love. Yeah, those are good. Yeah. I don't know what, what committee workshops that and how long it took them, but. I would not imagine, have to be on that committee that yeah. did the word smithing on that one, but yes. Can you imagine the list of things that they had on the board? <laughs> yeah, our confirmation class actually did a spirituals gift inventory last week. That, uh, and all of those things would have been included in that spiritual gift inventory. Maybe not worded exactly that way, but there was definitely an energy one. There was an intelligence one. There was an imagination one. And of course, there was a love one. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Interesting. Okay. Uh, I can also share on Sunday morning, we will have the third and final uh, forum in the hospice reflections from a hospice chaplain series going on. Uh, Andy Springer will be back to, to help facilitate that. He will also be joined by members of the Caring Voices Choir, uh, commonly known as the Hospice Choir. And so they'll share some of their reflections, some of their experiences as well. The first two parts of the series are up on our YouTube page. So if folks want to go back and check that out, they, they are welcome to do so. Uh, folks can just hop in on Sunday morning as well. It's not like a sequential learning sort of a thing. Uh, I'm going to assume that most people will be familiar enough with the concepts of death and mortality uh, to be able to join in the discussion on, on Sunday morning. Yes. So that's, yeah. And I forgot to mention too that the hospice choir will also be joining us at the 830 service, the Tizay style uh, contemplative service, and helping to lead our music at that service too. So we have the hospice choir at the 830 service and the Hastings College Handbell Choir at the 1030 service. So either of those great options for you to join us. Um, and then of course the 1030 service of course is always uh, uh, broadcast on Facebook Live too. Perfect. Uh, so that's Sunday, this Sunday, the 13th, and then starting Sunday, February 20th, it must be, uh, Dustin Bauer, who uh, works with the Encourage Advocacy Center, uh, will come and he'll start leading a two-part series um, taking a look at uh, what we're calling interrupting violence. So uh, cycles of violence and you know where does violence, all sorts of forms of violence, where does it come from and uh, how might we interrupt it? Um, so, uh, so that's the next forum series after Andy wraps things up. So. All right. And uh, in terms of the rest of the life of our church, uh, our Wednesday night live programming is, is going strong. We, we are skipping the meal right now. Uh, we put a pause on all events in the church that include food, uh, just so that we're not creating a space where people are indoors with their masks off. Um, the good news is it looks like uh, COVID cases are on the decline and session will reconvene next week and uh, revisit that policy on February 17th and we'll update you then. But as of right now, um, we don't, we're not doing events with food, but we're doing everything else. So Sunday school's happening, Wednesday Night Live's happening, um, and we hope you can join us. Committee meetings are happening. Presbyterian Women's happening. It's, it's all happening. It's all happening. <laughs> um, but uh, so we hope you can join us for all of that. And then uh, continue to pray with us that, you know, this COVID continues to recede in our community and we can um, hopefully return to some semblance of normal while also seeking to, uh, to care for the health and safety of our church members and our larger community here in Hastings. That seems, that seems like that should do it. I think we've covered it all. You want to close us with prayer? Yes. Yes, I do. Loving and gracious God, thank you for your word. For it is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our way. Thank you for these words that come to us through your holy scripture. Um, and not just these words, but, but all of the words that come to us through your holy scripture, whether we... Find them to be words of comfort, words of support, words of nurture, or whether we find them to be words of challenge and words that kind of hold us, hold us, take us to task, perhaps even just a little bit. 
Help us in the midst of all of these things to find your grace, to find your truth, to find the energy and intelligence and imagination and the love to be your disciples in the world. In your gracious and holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. With all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.